He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, uh, just kind of sitting here looking for people to talk to. And in walked Harrison. It was really nice. He just he's in my in my office right now. He's not in my office. Um, actually, Harrison, I do have to congratulate you on something. I made it through exit interviews. No, I'm, I'm about to I'm actually about to give you a compliment. The picture that you chose for the Frank Vogel is fired picture was <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like if you guys are listening to this right now, go to silverscreenroll.com, scroll down to where the uh, where the article is where uh, we we aggregate Adrian Wojnarowski's report from 30 seconds after the game had just ended, and it's Frank Vogel, his <laughs> completely shocked face, and he's looking at this referee. It was just when you found that because you and I take pleasure in these kinds of things. Somebody, somebody noticed in our comment section. It's an art. Yeah, some, somebody noticed in one of our comment sections, hey, I'm starting to notice that there's a link between headline and pictures. And I'm like, did you think it was a randomizer before? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, you try to have some fun with it. And yeah. look, like, I, I don't, I don't want to completely make light of someone losing their job like that on a human level. That sucks. It does. But you try to find the photo that is best sort of encapsulates the situation and in this case i felt like frank vogel down on grabbing his knees in disbelief <laughs> at i'm assuming a referee call i i don't exactly know what led to this reaction but usually that's the only thing that gets that much of a reaction out of him during games yeah uh i was just like yeah i mean this is i i have to use this photo and so i you know i earmarked it away and i threw it in the vogel fired pre-write that we have had since i think like december january yeah. november yeah <laughs> uh and so you know that's been in there for quite some time and uh, i'm just glad that the world finally gets to appreciate it i mean i've been not happy for frank that he uh, you know for for his sake you know i'm sure he would have rather not seen that photo but yeah uh, so here's my thing because i'm like you i don't like to make light of people losing their jobs but two two reasons why i was able to to laugh at this situation one it felt like it, it was. It felt like a relief to Frank. Yeah, no, this was probably you know like uh, he's, uh, he's he's definitely happy to be done. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely like he just walked out of the Shawshank gang, gates and he's just like I'm done. I'm he was finally like out. Champagne on the team flight. They're like, coach, it's what, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's like we got the good stuff tonight, boys. He's finally happy to see Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> Gives him a hug. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> um, so that was one reason. And then the other reason is because of how ridiculous the entire situation was where the game had just ended. They finally had their first actual comeback of the season. Austin Reeves drops a triple-double that, no, that we have literally never seen before from somebody in his draft situation. Undrafted rookie, first triple-double in the history of the NBA. Um, the... the, uh, the you know, Malik Monk had gone off. It was this really fun moment and all that. And like 43 seconds later, 
It's Adrian Wojnarowski saying Frank Vogel has coached his last game with the Los Angeles Lakers as they will notify him on Monday. Um, <laughs> Truly artful phrasing from Woj there. It's like, yeah, they'll let him. It's like, you know, buddy, I have a feeling Frank might find out before that now. You know, yeah. I'm just like, just, a, just a hunch. Um, we have thoughts on, we have thoughts on that entire situation. Um, Rob Palenka called it unsourced reports. Yeah. Um, he, uh, which, which is certainly a, 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 a choice of a combination of words to describe the situation. Unsourced reports from a man whose podcast he's done multiple times. <laughs> Uh, we are going to talk about, um, you know, the major theme here was at least lip service to accountability, right? Like people saying the right kinds of things and saying like at the end, you know, Rob Palenka saying that um, he is behind the, the decisions that the Lakers make in terms of personnel. LeBron said after this, after that, that like after seasons like this, he's the kind of person who takes accountability for this. Um, up and down the people who were offering up quotes in these exit interviews, there was at least some version of accountability there. And then there was Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was waiting for the plot twist. So, so we are, uh, we're going to talk about Russ and his comments today and how it drove a stake right into the heart of any chance that he had at ever being a Laker ever again. Um, and then, you know, I want to talk a little bit about LeBron saying that, uh, you know, maybe they'll reach out to him for input on personnel this summer and that maybe he might have thoughts on that. Um, but for the most part, that's something he stays out of. That was just fucking tremendous. So Except we have a lot. When he's scouting Malik Monk. Okay. Like <laughs> yeah. other. And Austin Reeves. And Austin Reeves and THT. Yeah. But other than those guys, don't reach out to LeBron. He's just only here hours and hours guys, and hours okay? of, of prospect video watching for no reason whatsoever yeah. that he is cop to. Um, so we have a lot to get to today. I want to start though, like I said, with, with Palinka and Vogel and all right. So yesterday, the, 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 I think the most pervasive reaction to it was you have known that you're going to fire this guy for, for months now. And, and this is how you're choosing to do so. Um, and there was a lot of, of, you know, kind of annoyance on behalf of Frank Vogel for the way that the Lakers are handling this as if he didn't know that this was coming for some reason. And then the other thing too is like, we know that Woj is a sociopath. Like we know that he, wa he, he, was, he was waiting to hit send the second the, the season ended on something that we all knew. So like, I, for me, I didn't feel like that was something that the Lakers did wrong by Frank with. I just don't think you can control Woj there. Like he, he, he has the information, he's gonna hit send and he hit send and the Lakers was probably like, wait, we said embargo till Monday, not four, not, not 43 seconds after the season ended. Uh, like so how Monday did you, somewhere, baby? <laughs> the, so the, how did you, how, I guess Woj is on the East Coast. It was Monday, technically. Yeah, it was when Monday he, for him. So this is a very clear mix up. Uh, yeah. You know. But like, but did, like what? Because it wound up, because this is how Twitter operates, they wound up being like sides to this thing where you're either Team yeah. Lakers or Team Woj for some reason. Well, uh, like, how did you, like, you're the journo guy. You're the, you're the big J journo here. Um, and, and like, like, did, is my theory on how this could have gone down? As somewhat accurate because it feels like it was a pretty obvious thing so i have a lot of theories on this um <laughs> some of which i will share on the air right now i, I think 
Can we, one, can, we share, can we share our galley, galaxy brainiest? Yeah, no, I, I'm going to get there, but hold on. I, I have all a right, couple thoughts Because you have one, I have one. I think yeah. people enjoy Yeah. So my first thought was like, I wonder how long he has had that in his Twitter drafts. Like the the whole like the Frank Vogel has been fought. like. Do you think he was like us, like updating the pre write with the record, or yeah, do just you think like just like, an, like it was like after every game written. Like, like yeah, I gotta bump this up to the top of my draft queue so that it's ready to go for yeah. the final. And also like I just the I wish he would have sent it before overtime. Like the, he didn't. Be- <laughs> That would have been he Anthony. He could have sent it a week ago. So like right. that's the that's the thing where it's Harrison. Like he could have sent it after the Lakers beat the Utah Jazz. Everybody, <laughs> honestly, he could have sent it after they signed him to the one year extension. Um, yeah, like right. I, I. That's the thing that it, it was just it was funny to see everyone being so precious about this. Like, <laughs> oh man, how could the Lakers let Frank Vogel find out this way? And this is what they decided to do. And it's like. Did do you think Frank Vogel like this is break? Do you think Frank Vogel like walked into the locker room and they're like, "Oh, Frankie, we got we got <laughs> yeah. we got some bad news for you, buddy." And he's like, "Oh, what's that?" And they're like, yeah. "All right, well, the Woj just tweeted that the team is going to fire you, and they aren't even going to tell you till Monday." And he's like, "What? <laughs> oh my God, no! I I was I was planning on coaching next year, just like I based definitely... on like." Have, has anybody been reading or listening to his post-game comments? This dude has been firing at the hip for a week. Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> Frank, I, I just love the idea that this was breaking news to him, that that was his last Lakers game. Like, he has not known that for, like, probably at least a month, <laughs> conservatively. Yeah. Like, that this was the end. You know, it was around the time when the leak came out that the Lakers would have fired him already if Jason Kidd were still on the bench. That I think Frank Vogel probably had a decent sense <laughs> that he was a dead man walking. If and things so, if things weren't such a train wreck when David Fisdale took over, he probably would have been fired then too. Yeah, exactly. Like if David Fisdale hadn't come out there like firing it from the hip, you know, in his own <laughs> media obligations and just like being far more candid than any like i'm a journalist and i'm like dude i don't know if you should be telling us this yeah you know just you know like, you're on the record right yeah like <laughs> it's like jeff perlman when linda rambis is admitting to all the cocaine use are you sure you want to tell us this you know i'm recording this um <laughs> yeah so like I, I that that whole part of it was like laughable to me and like i understand the optics of it are not great like in a vacuum or whatever yeah. but you know again frank knew he was fired and so Like, I just, I have a hard time being like, this is the final straw where the Lakers, the Lakers were really disrespectful to Frank Vogel here. Like, (laughs) no, this is not where, you know, you You want to look at the boxes that they've checked. And the other thing is too, is for all of the, like, you know, all of the hand wringing about Frank didn't deserve to find out. And like, nobody deserves to be fired in a tweet you know, yeah. 30 seconds after a win. Like, the, you know, that's the bottom line there. So, like, I understand it from that perspective. But, you know, like, Frank also, he did deserve to be fired. So it's not like because the Lakers did it in uh, – because this happened in a shitty way and this was, like, shitty messaging, if it, it did indeed come from the Lakers, which, again, we're going to get into, like, galaxy brain theories for that. But yeah. if this did come from the Lakers, like, obviously, that is not the way that I would go about firing someone. Yeah. But – the decision that they came to was ultimately still probably the right one, which I wrote about in my story. And, you know, like Frank is not blameless in this season. He is not maybe the number one factor for blame, but he is also the easiest to change. And this is not, this is not surprising. And so that's sort of where I was at with all of this. 
Yeah, I mean, like, look, the Lakers won. I just love the idea. I'm sorry. I just can't get over the idea of him walking into the locker room and just collapsing when he hears about the Woj tweet. He just falls down. He's like, oh, my God. I, I didn't think they'd do this to my family. Like, He's Fredo paddling out to the middle of the lake yeah. thinking that they're just going fishing. Like, what? Like, how, do you, how did you think this was going down? Yeah. Um, no, I. it's also funny that, like, the, the, the arbitrary lines in the sand that people draw when it comes to this kind of admonishment is always really interesting to me because like players at like at the trade deadline players find out they were traded via tweet all the time like this Sometimes is just mid game right like harrison barnes was sitting there on the bench and, yeah just and, and, for my fellow harrison <laughs> yeah right like we we've seen these guys get and, and for some reason with the coach like this is somehow some terrible crime against humanity like what are we doing here and also i do think that it's funny that like trained journalists are kind of low-key slandering woge's journalistic integrity by just like saying the quiet part out loud about like he was not saying this because someone this was not some like investigative reporting where he dug up something that no one wanted on earth like <laughs> yeah. this was basically a press release via anonymous source like yeah and yeah yeah like that was the thing is like after you know, because as that was going on and people were going on and on and on and on and on about poor Frank Vogel, which, by the way, like this, look, all of the disrespect over the course of the last year or so is going to hurt the Lakers in hiring a coach. Like that is going to be something that they're going to have to explain to their next coaching candidate that we will not do to you what we did to, the, to Frank Vogel after he won a championship because like if you look at the list it's pretty ridiculous he wins a championship in <laughs> and they're like you know what it's time for kurt to sit in on your meetings yeah he wins a championship hey you're gonna have more oversight um he wins a championship and uh he gets mike penberthy added to his staff which i don't think would have been his choice i don't think mike penberthy was somebody he was dying to have on his uh first row on the he bench didn't there. pick anyone on his staff yeah. And then, and then, so you go to that, you get this, this quote unquote extension, um, that everybody knows is so that they can fire him at the end of the year. The entirety of this last season was spent speculating on when, not if, but when he would get fired by the Lakers. Um, and like you're saying, it's, it was, it was so obvious that everybody who was on the beat was like, oh, I guess it just happened. Like it wasn't, it was, there was no shock at all to how it went down. So like all of They're that like, disrespect, wait, they, they had, they le it leaked before we get to talk to him. We actually get to ask him about this. Like yeah. they, they didn't wait till he was done. Right. Normally so, with this, you know, like the team, even the Lakers have done this in the past. The team waits until after everyone is done with their mandated media availabilities for the yeah. season. And then they leak this so that no one can talk to them about this. Right. This is what they did with Luke. This is what they did with Byron Scott. This mm -hmm. is what they did with Mike D'Antoni. Like there's a long pattern of this with the Lakers specifically of waiting until they are done talking to the media and then being like, oh yeah, by the way, the coach is fired. Almost always on Fridays. Um, and, and so like, yeah, I, I just thought like, if you're, if you're looking at like the amount of disrespect here and you're, and you're looking at that as reasons to knock the Lakers, then totally I'm, I'm on board with that because this is something that is going to impact their coaching search. And, and it does like, you know, Rob Polinka was asked about it today and he said, the Lakers are one of the most respected, um, franchises in the NBA. And it's like, are you, are you sure?
if you say I mean, it, it depends often, on how lar- how long you consider you extend out the list. You know, like right. if they're 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 certainly a top thirty most respected franchise. Yeah, in absolutely. The NBA. They're easily <laughs> in the top thirty. Easily, easily. Um, wait, are we counting G League teams because some might operate at a higher level? Well, but also the Lakers operate at a higher level than some NBA teams. Let's not go too far with the criticism. <laughs> Um, the king, the Kings are considering Mark Jackson in their coaching search. Okay. That's, that's so Touché. Yeah. well, let's not, let's not say anything because we don't know that there won't be a bidding war between the Lakers and the Kings. I feel pretty confident. Mark Jackson <laughs> is not going to be the next coach of the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but so, so like, I, I don't know. I, the, the whole, the way that they handled this, uh, leaves kind of an ugly taste in the mouth, but I, it's not like, it's not a shocking bad taste. Like if I go get ja- gas station sushi, I'm not expecting it to taste great. This is this is how the Lakers have treated this guy for the entirety of going on two seasons now, more than two seasons. So um, that to me is is the bigger knock on them than this one specific leak that again Look, could have been could coach. he was not even in their first round of interviews. He was going yeah. to be Ty Lue's lead assistant before they lowballed him, and yeah. then they pick who did they pick for his staff? They picked Jason Kidd, who got interviewed before Frank Vogel to be head right. coach. They who, picked who everybody Holland. knew at the time was like they would have made him the head coach if not for the conversation about the domestic violence in Jason Kidd's past. Yeah. Lionel Hollins, who was, who was also in the head coach interview cycle. Yep. They also, they also added Mike Penberthy to his staff, who was an AD guy who they mm-hmm. brought over with AD. They added, uh, and then they added, uh, Phil and Handy, then promoted not, but Phil Handy, who had no, like, again, Phil Handy obviously likes Vogel. Like he posted a very nice Instagram message mm-hmm. to him today, whatever. I'm not saying that like Vogel wouldn't have wanted one of the best player development guys on his staff, but Phil Handy was clearly someone the front office had their eye on like no mm-hmm. Past connection or history with Vogel, former Lakers assistant. You know, again, that ended up probably being a good hire, but Vogel didn't get the pick. And Miles Simon, who was a holdover from Luke Walton's staff, Vogel did not get to pick any of his staff. And so you start from that point, you have Rambis sitting in on coaching interviews. You have like him only getting the three-year deal off the bat that Ty Lue wouldn't take. And then the token one-year extension, this front office has made it clear. After winning a championship. Yeah, this front office has made it clear with every single action that they've taken ever since, especially like Rob Polinka came to power, that they just consider head coaching extremely fungible. And we'll see if that ends up biting them in the butt. I'm not really under, I'm not as certain as you are that it will, just because there's only 30 head coaching jobs. It's so hard to get one. Like, there are going to be people that take these jobs. Now, will they get, you know, the top of the top? Like, is Nick Nurse going to try and force his way out of Toronto to end up on the Lakers? I don't know, maybe. Uh, but, you know, they're going to get be able to get decent head coaches just because it's such a rarity to they got Vogel basically because he wasn't sure when he'd get another chance at the lead chair if not for that unique situation yeah let's uh let's have a little bit of fun here and give our galaxy brain takes on on what you know what could have happened yeah on, on how all this went down so I have some theories on the timing of this leak. And And by the way, this is, this is like, this is us having fun. We don't actually believe in these things. Okay. Uh, Oh, we don't. Oh, okay, cool. Me neither. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we, we definitely don't believe in these. Mm -mm. So I, so everything I'm about to say is parody. You can't get mad at me for it. Um, so we already mentioned the pattern of how these leaks normally go. And it's normally after all these guys are done talking to the media. So, who benefits from the Lakers making themselves look like 
complete assholes by leaking this within 30 seconds of the game being over. Yeah. And then Frank Vogel getting asked about it and blindsided by the media about it right. after the game. And then having like a 12 hour drawn out process before the team and ends up like kind of frantically announcing, you know, the move during exit interview day after LeBron is done talking um, <laughs> in, LeBron, in a LeBron, tweet. LeBron had his whole interview with thinking that like Frank was still head coach. Yeah. Before they even <laughs> sent the press release, there was just a, they just tweeted out, thank you coach. And it was just like Vogel with the championship, no context that he was being fired and just yeah. like an image of him. And it's just like, thank you coach. And <laughs> so who benefits from like that whole cycle of like, you know, looking like they were done wrong. I mean, clearly the, Frank the guy who looks camp. like he was done wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I am on, and then, you know, so not only does this make the Lakers look like they were jerks to him on the way out mm -hmm. the door and it was one last piece of disrespect. This is, it follows a similar pattern again of when right after the team's biggest win of the season, we get a report that, oh, Frank Vogel was coaching for his job in that game. Yeah. Why would the team leak, leak that. that Frank Vogel was coaching for his job after a big season saving win that supposedly saved his job why would they want to deal with that news cycle i don't know it, it's an interesting question yeah and then the dead the dead giveaway on all this that makes me believe that maybe there is something to this galaxy brain theory mm -hmm. that the call was coming from inside the camp uh you know because that you know theoretically frank vogel's agent or camp or whoever would know pretty well whether or not Frank Vogel is going to be back next year. That is a verifiable enough source for Woj yeah. to send out that tweet where it's not just speculation. And then you get the little live read in the thread, the threaded tweet right afterwards. Vogel led yeah. the Lakers to the <laughs> 2020 NBA championship and assuredly will be a candidate again in the league's future head coaching cycles. Yep. Now, normally that's like the brought to you by Manscaped of like these scoop tweets. And yeah. so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. I just, I don't see, bottom line, I don't see why the Lakers would put that out there so soon after the game. There's just nothing to gain from it unless they just want to basically light this guy on fire at midcourt, which maybe they did. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just. Yeah, like, the, look, I don't, I don't have much faith at all in this organization and the way that it operates. <laughs> but even I am saying, like, guys. <laughs> I think they would know better than to do this to this guy. Yeah, I'm not saying that this team has like a ton of self-awareness. I just think they have more yeah. than this. Yeah. So my galaxy brain take is uh, I don't think, I don't think like this is the most detached that Woj has been from the Lakers leak site, like, you know, leaking apparatuses, le leaking apparati. Um that that he has been especially like since magic right with, with magic every single thing that the lakers were thinking about doing made their way publicly it, in, in but he not had a Woj. well rob you know rob and Woj go back that's fine but i but i i i do think though that like every every and maybe look maybe this is something I mean, that magic he had and, his guys i'm not saying magic didn't leak that well, I yeah but I, like i just think like with now. with with information being as easily uh as easy it was to come across information with with the lakers while magic was there rob has not been that yeah. right and like every like every move that the lakers have made it has not been one of these things that like 
everybody has been able to see see coming. Like the Schroeder trade except was, Frank was Vogel, a surprise. Except the Frank Vogel. This was, this, you know, this was well. That that's was, my that point. That's my coming. well. That's that's my point. Um, the Russ trade, like they everybody was literally reporting a different trade. Yeah. Till minutes before the Lakers trade the for Kings Russell Westbrook, they had a trade. Kuz thought he was <laughs> a king. It, the, the Kings were letting it be known. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like part of me wonders. Because we know that Woj can be a little petty, a little spiteful. Um, just ask people who used to be at ESPN who are no longer at ESPN and have something to do with, with, with have something to say about that guy. Um, but it makes me wonder if, as this was so easily accessible as a rumor, that Woj was like, I'm finally going to get these MFers. I'm, I'm fi- I finally have something that I can report that will be true in 12 hours time but I'm, I'm i'm just hitting send on this thing i'm just going i i have to respect the uh, no, well respect is the wrong word but it was very the audacity of rob palinka to go up there and call it uns to call uns- uns- a report about the coach that they had just fired being fired <laughs> unsourced speculation this wasn't like this wasn't like hey it came you know, to fruition yeah, he was there to announce it <laughs> It Woj be, reported that the sun was coming up, and we all watched the sunrise. And Palinka's like, "Nope, it don't look like up." If he came out after the trade deadline to be like, they're like, "Well, you know, the, there there have been reports that you guys didn't make any moves." And he's like, "Well, we're not going to comment on any unsourced speculation." It's like, "Well, wait, did you guys make moves?" No, I don't. <laughs> so yeah, that's obviously just a super lucky guess from Woj. Jesus, heat check pulled up from midcourt. <laughs> Who could have seen this firing Dude, coming? You and, or you know, I could have sent out that exact tweet. I could have sent out that tweet two months ago. We could have sent it out before the season. Like we uh, could have sent it. I'm telling you right now. We and that's like, not I, me saying that like I'm some super insider. This was just no, so obvious. It was so out, dude. It was everywhere. Like people were whispering it in the same way that I'm whispering into the microphone right now. Like yeah. it was just out there. Um, what? Let's let's quickly touch on on the rest of Palenka's availability. And I, I had two main takeaways that I tweeted about afterward. And one, this was the most kind of combative we have seen Palenka yet, where Orem is uh, Bill Orem is asking him about the uh, about the situation last night, and everybody, you know, there was a follow up question to Orem's line of questioning about how he thinks that this impacts the way that the Lakers look, and. You know, I, this was the most like talking out of the side of his mouth with his like with his jaw kind of clenched that we have seen from Palinka. Normally, the guys he, he, look he he gives off snake oil salesmen. He gives up used car salesmen to me. He didn't even like he didn't even quote the Bible or make an insane analogy yeah. today. Like you, you could tell this Rob, was this uh, was like direct. Robbie P was language. feeling down. You know. Yeah. Um. So he that was hasn't my... been to Disneyland in months. Like not <laughs> since the trade deadline. It's you know it's rough. His 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 uh, Mickey Mouse ears have like a, a film of dust down. on them. <laughs> Even better, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, when he goes to Disneyland next, it's with the the Goofy one or the Pluto or no Goofy, right? With yeah. the ears that hang down. Flopping down one. Um, that was my one takeaway. Was like the tone of of the things that that Rob was saying. The other one was um, this was him. There is nobody standing in front of him here. There is no more no. meat shield. There is no like 
kind of he, he let go of the meat shield. Yeah, there is no there is no like smoke and mirrors like, hey, we do this collaboratively here. No, he is. He said multiple times over the course of that interview that he is the final say on the things that the Lakers do in terms of personnel and and therefore should and will be held accountable if the Lakers don't meet expectations. Um, I think the combination of those two things inform me that, yeah, this guy's feeling the heat. That, yeah, that, you know how they say like coaching for their job, like for coaches, not like Frank Vogel, where they're clearly not going to get to keep their job no matter what. Yeah. Like, you know, coaches that are on like the verge of the hot seat that are trying yeah. to, you know, coach for their job. And so Rob, Rob is GMing for his job at this point. And Absolutely. I think that the, the two things that you brought up are exactly right. And it came off to me like very clearly Rob Polinka has been told that you do not get to deflect this onto LeBron and AD anymore and say that you consult with them on all your moves and whatever. Like, you know, he said yep. that he's going to run things by them. And, you know, because yeah. of course we run things by our captains, but he said, he said multiple times, the buck ultimately stops with me. He went out of his way to say that this is not a, these are not genie bus decisions. Uh, and that like, was, the, he, that was the most, that was when he said that, cause he was asked about how genie handled that. And yeah. he shut down that immediately. Which like, is why, which is why genie, appreciates him as yeah it felt it felt like it felt very much like a commissioner like goodell the way that he handles questions about ownership in the nfl like it felt a lot like no 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 don't look over there look over here i'm the guy who's taking this the, this round of the shitstorm. yeah who's got two mickey mouse ears and is responsible for everything <laughs> going on here it's me exactly exactly yeah and so you know i think all of your so basically i think all of your points are exactly right on about what is going on here and you know we even there have even been the reports this week that rob palinka is safe for at least another year which sounds pretty ominous if you're rob palinka i would imagine do you think you'll get a one-year extension (laughs) that would be poetic (laughs) justice wouldn't it uh no they're just gonna send out a tweet that says thank you rob and it's gonna be a (laughs) picture of him in goofy Uh, ears yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, yeah. So I, I think that it's very clear that he has been instructed by probably both the clutch sports camp and the Lakers ownership shadow GM ran by camp that you are not putting this off on us anymore. This is on you and you are going to go out there and you are going to take these bullets because that's what we pay you for. And so that seemed to be very clearly the message that he was trying to send was one of, no, 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 no. we're a collaborative place, but I make the final decision. So if you're going to blame someone, blame me because my bosses are tired of you blaming them and (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i I, that it was it was it was really interesting to read between the you didn't even have to read between the lines like stevie wonder could have read between those lines this was just it was right there um and then the other part of it that i really found interesting even while all that was going on this was the first time that there were direct questions being asked about the relationship with kurt rambis and this is the most pervasive his name has been in a round of exit interviews to this point. And I think like my takeaway from that is, you know, not only it, it was very clear that he was running the exit interviews. Normally that would be Rob and the coach in yeah. most of these cases. Like even even the year they fired Luke, they had Luke do exit interviews with <laughs> Rob. And yeah. then they and then they announced his firing like later that night, I'm pretty sure. Or mm-hmm. it was maybe it was the next day uh, yeah. that they had mutually it was the, 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 the Friday afterward. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah and so uh, you know the 
but they don't have a coach there right now. They don't know if any, uh, you know, for right now, it sounds like Frank Vogel's uh, quote unquote, Frank Vogel's staff yeah. is safe, but who knows how long they're going to be there long-term. So you can't have them in there. So yeah, it was, it was Kurt as the stand-in coach figure in these interviews and he was running them. So he's, he's coming out to the forefront slowly, but surely a little bit too. Well, and what that kind of, you know, symbolized to me or signified to me was like, all right. So with, with Rob, given the tenor and, and the information that he was making available. All right. This is what my, you know, my couple takeaways, my bullet points there. And then the fact that Kurt is now no longer shadow executive, he is just executive now. And he's, he's executive. That's behind the door. That's not talking to you, but he's right. not in the shadows anymore. He's right. You know, he's, they, we know he's there. We're acknowledging that he's behind that door. Yeah. That, that mirror thing, like the you know? meeting room that I just walked out of and that everyone walked out. Kurt's in there. He's just not going to come out and talk to you guys. Or, or like in those interrogation rooms, right? Where you have the people who are watching in the, in, with the one-way mirror thing, like yeah. Kurt, Kurt's right there, guys. Kurt's behind the two-way glass or the one-way glass. <laughs> the one-way glass. So, um, and that, and, and the fact that that is now the case informs me that, um, enough, enough noise from the fan base has been made that he is, he now has to be out in the forefront. He can and, no longer just operate in that kind of, you know, upper level round table type of meeting center that they have. Like it, it he is no longer just allowed to be a voice in the room. People now want to know definitively how big a voice in the room does he have? And, and is that something that can ever come called into question? And so like, so what, what I, the process that it feels like we're on here, especially if the Lakers continue to underperform is. All right, here's the, the, the first domino. Frank was always the first domino, the first person who was going to get shot as soon as the, 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 the bullets start flying. The next person to stand up after that is Rob. And then eventually, Jeannie will no longer just be able to throw bodies in front of Kurt. Eventually, people are going to start wanting to hold Kurt available. And then Linda uh, uh, accountable for enabling him to become the shadow executive that he has apparently always been. And then finally, Jeannie is going to have to senior basketball advisor. Okay. Good he point. Is, good point. Yeah, Nebulous position has nothing to do whatsoever with this relationship to, with uh, Linda he Rambis and her friendship. On to basketball. Yeah. You know? Um, and so like, like I, I guess the process that we're on right now is meat shield after meat shield after meat shield. Cause I don't think this is a tenable way to run an organization. Like I think in a, in a league as competitive as, as the NBA is, the Lakers are going to continue to, to underperform and these people are going to continue to have to get held accountable and Jeannie can stack people in front of her all, as much as she wants, but eventually she's going to have to answer for the nepotism, the cronyism and all of the stuff that is run rampant through with the Lakers now. And, and I think the fact that Kurt's name came up as often as it did today felt like the next step in that process. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far just because Rob didn't talk about him all that much. And the only reason he was coming up frequently otherwise was because the players were mentioning things that he, they had talked with him and Rob about, okay. which, so, you know, it's very clearly like he was in those meetings, but I don't mm -hmm. think that this was some, you know, deliberate play by the organization to be like, Hey, Kurt's more out there now. I think it just, no, 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 I didn't because I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean it more from the standpoint of like, cause there were a couple questions about like, Hey, how do these decisions get made?